it's 420 baby and we all know that that just doesn't mean it's the 20th of april but this is more of a smoker's holiday it's even commercialized on t-shirts businesses offer 420 sales and restaurants cater to the cannabis crowd offering specials for the munchies but just like everything in this country black people have a tumultuous relationship with cannabis everything from smoking it being arrested for it and now even as it's being legalized selling it so let's dive in black history is intertwined with the history of american cannabis and even more with this nation's legacy of institutionalized racism cannabis during the time of slavery was cultivated cared for and harvested by slaves the american hemp industry born in Kentucky, was built like everything in this country, on the forced labor of West African slaves who grew the hemp seeds carried by their colonizers. Kentucky became the biggest producer of American hemp and home to one of the largest slave populations in the nation. Even the psychoactive capabilities of cannabis has a racist history. In most instances, cannabis was used by the colonizers to pacify and affect the mental capacity of slaves. Even the very name given to cannabis was rooted in racism. Of a Mexican Spanish origin, the word marijuana or marijuana replaced cannabis in the early 19th century. An influx of immigration escalated the anti-Mexican immigrant narrative in a campaign of reefer madness among white Americans most famously by the commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics at the time, Harry Anslinger. By adopting the Spanish word marijuana rather than the already widely used cannabis, Anslinger and other prohibition activists of the early to mid 19th century were intentionally connecting the use of marijuana by black and brown people to dangerous and fabricated side effects of the drug. Anslinger's pop propaganda campaigns created racist narratives like those who smoke marijuana are of an inferior race and are more likely to engage in sexual promiscuity and violence. Harry Anslinger said, and I quote, there are a hundred thousand total marijuana smokers in the U.S. Most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and others. Simply put, Anslinger was a racist child. Cannabis entered the United States via Caribbean sailors and immigrants arriving in New Orleans and through Mexican citizens escaping the tragic violence of the Mexican Revolution. Black and brown folks in America consumed cannabis recreationally. So while the jazz age was booming, whites feared the idea of mainly white women venturing to jazz clubs and being intoxicated by this dangerous substance and what it would lead to. Cannabis has always been prevalent in black music with legends like Cab Calloway making songs like Reefer Man in the 1930s. Songs from that era reference reefer jive and weed even everyone from louis armstrong to billy holiday was smoking y'all 
But let's fast forward to 1971 and the launch of President Nixon's war on drugs. Cannabis-related arrests skyrocketed, and it's still the case as the arrests disproportionately impacted communities of color, specifically black people, and even more so black males. In a 2010 study, the ACLU found that more than half of drug arrests in the United States were from cannabis possession. And despite the understanding that equal numbers of black and white Americans consume cannabis, black people are four more times more likely to face arrest. In the ensuing decades, marijuana became heavily associated with anti-war and black power movements. Once again, providing law enforcement with the way to crack down and target black and brown cannabis users. The very scent of weed alone is often used as probable cause to incite police harassment, leading to arrests and forcing more and more black folks into the criminal system. The stop and frisk laws in New York thrived off this sentiment, leading to countless black folks being harassed, arrested, and catching a charge just from a smell. Let's flash forward to now. The recreational use of marijuana has been legalized in 17 states and medical marijuana has been legalized by 33. But even in Colorado where prohibition is over and cannabis consumption is equal across racial lines, some kind of way black folks face arrests at a rate 10 times higher than whites. Cannabis arrests overall are down, but there is a distinct and unsettling racial disparity. Of the 8.2 million marijuana arrests between 2001 and 2010, 88% were for simply having marijuana. Nationwide, the arrest data revealed one consistent trend, an insane racial bias. And even if people aren't serving long sentences for simple drug possession, the impact of an arrest or a criminal conviction can follow them for years. And for repeat offenders, a drug conviction can mean a longer sentence for other future offenses. Even in pop culture, smokers are significantly significantly viewed differently by race. Black entertainers who openly smoked are judged with a negative connotation, often looked at as thugs, criminals, troublemakers, you know. But white actors and musicians are praised and even awarded for their depictions of cannabis consumption. Movies like How High and Half Baked that were predominantly black cast and black writers and black directors are labeled a travesty and looked down upon. Yet anything involving Seth Rogen is deemed a masterpiece when 90% of his movies are about weed. Yet, as we always do as a people, we have utilized the recreational use of cannabis to create musical classics with rappers like Snoop, Redman, and Method Man, essentially being the forefathers of cannabis culture and hip-hop. And of course, without weed, we would have never received the classic track, I Got Five on it. So while cannabis is slowly but surely being legalized, with roadblocks like banking restrictions, punitive tax codes, high license and permit fees, and limiting land use laws, cannabis equity programs are baby steps in the fight to level the playing field for people interested in gaining entry to the industry, especially black folks 
who often lack the capital and are denied access to business loans to pursue the legitimate side of the weed business. The U.S. marijuana industry is now valued at more than $18 billion, supporting the equivalent of over 300,000 full-time jobs. Black folks deserve a huge chunk of that pie. In conclusion, black history is cannabis history. So when we celebrate the legalization of cannabis, we also need to acknowledge in the same breath that black people's literal blood, sweat, and tears are behind those celebrations. There needs to be a radical change in policies that not only free and expunge those currently serving sentences for cannabis charges, but also provide them a clear-cut path to become entrepreneurs in the industry. So to all consenting and responsible adults, if you indulge, put one in the air today, not only for yourself, but for your ancestors, baby. Happy 420.